Hey, just wanted to say a few things. Don't want to overdo it or make things worse between us, so I'll try to keep it short and to the point. I know that meeting up didn't really accomplish anything between us. It was too soon, and we were both pretty full of emotion. Also, we really never talked about our hookups in between or what they meant, and sometimes it was hard for me to get a read on how you felt about our situation. The same goes for me. I never vocalized to you what we were doing, so I'm sure it was difficult for you to know how I felt. I never intended to do anything that came between our friendship, and based on our relationship prior to what happened, I assumed that it was something you were ready for. Our hookups made it seem like you weren't trying to save that activity for the climax of love and passion in your life, and that you were sexually drawn to me. I always thought we had a great relationship and that it was mutual, it, it, that it was a mutual thing that we did, even thought you enjoyed it. Based on the way you reacted to me and how things progressed, I thought it was a thing that you were ready for. It's on me for not verbally asking you, it's on me for assuming things, but I hope that you don't feel that it's completely on me. Because if you did feel that way, you would have taken me to court. You wouldn't have done more than slap me when we met up. And I would be worried about getting charged with something, which I'm not. Because that's not what happened. With Bonnaroo coming up and with all the friends that we share, I want to be able to look at each other without feeling uncomfortable and wrong. Is it too soon for that? Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa, and I am flying solo this week with Skittles, celebrating the love of his aunt who has gotten married. Uh, congratulations, Titi Wandi. That uh, piece you just heard me read was written by the scumbag who... Um, sexually assaulted my best friend a few years ago. Really shitty that we live in a world where victims have to reinvent the way they share their experiences because every time they speak at all, there is a force waiting to oppose them. It seems that no matter how much the numbers speak, no matter how much people come forward to speak, no matter how many times people stand witness to sexual acts that are not consented, um, nothing changes. And there's something about that that our country has to come to terms with. Um, and until we come to, come to terms with it, we won't be relieved from it. Uh, numbers aren't enough when an issue like this isn't about statistics. It's about culture. There's something about our culture that has made it okay for someone to have their body trespassed upon because the person who is doing it just feels they have the right to and want to exercise that power. We all come from different contexts and we bring that to the table of every dialogue we have. So the way we choose to talk about things like assaults changes from mouth to mouth. Um, and it's very difficult when you find yourself on the outside of a situation, maybe not knowing a victim, or maybe just not 
having experienced it or had it have to be at the forefront of your mind day to day, uh, it's it's very easy to step into this, these conversations and speak uh, sort of with your privilege on the forefront um, and sort of devalue other people's experience. I say that because this week the Me Too hashtag was flooding my timeline and for the first time I had to get confirmation that many women that I know and also many men that I know have been a victim to being either touched inappropriately or having to hear people take ownership of their bodies uh, and describing to them what they're going to do to them. Um, I, I knew that these people experienced that, but what I didn't know was what the weight of the confirmation would do to me. Um, there was something really tragic about scrolling and just seeing the hashtag over and over to the point where I couldn't stop to even read what people were writing around the hashtag because I, I, it was too much. It was too much and I kept wondering why why do they have to do this? Why is this the moment or the thing that is going to wake up a group of people to validate something that we just know is real? It's not just, uh, it's not something that happens in small doses. It's not something that happens in only certain types of areas. It is something that affects everyone in a way. Um, and I don't like to say that it's about being a woman versus a man, but maybe because I am a woman, it is very difficult for me to fathom how people don't think about how their bodies need to be protected day to day, how people can wake up, you know, and walk to work and not worry that their outfit is too revealing and it'll, it'll draw too much attention to them. It's just unfathomable to me because ever since I realized that I had boobs and a butt or that someone would want to touch me, ever since I realized that I haven't been able to like look back it's just been in my mind since then it is sad to see that people still need to bring up the fact that sometimes folks lie about assault in order to get money or attention fame those sorts of things because while that is true that oftentimes our celebrities and stars have to deal with that sort of issue it is also true that we know rape culture we know how often people get sexually assaulted, and that number, I, I can't imagine it being at the same level of folks who are just lying about it. I'm, I'm pretty certain that the majority of folks out there who are saying that they've been victims are probably actual victims, and to silence the folks who are actually victims because there are some who are you know trying to disguise an incident as as an assault moment is kind of ridiculous and I think that we have to remember that I think that we have to remember that in moments when we want to silence people uh, because they're lying or that person's a celebrity so we know that there's some sort of gain I think it's important that we can stop in that moment and say is that argument more important than the fact that we need to shed light on this issue yet again because someone is getting away with viola violating another person. Oftentimes, the people who commit these acts are victims themselves, and while that's tragic within itself, that doesn't mean that we can create excuses 
what that means is we have to look at the patterns in our culture and figure out at what points we're going to address these issues accordingly. Is it therapy? Um, is it, you know, some sort of, you know, sexual health workshop or consent workshops? I don't know, but we have to think more about what we need to do to prevent rather than make excuses for the folks. In light of the Me Too campaign, my friend decided that she was ready to share a story that for years has tormented her. Um, I remember the day that she gave me a call to tell me what had happened that night at that party that I knew she was at. And I didn't go to because it was all the way in Brooklyn and I lived in the Bronx and I wasn't gonna go that far for some lame party where people would be getting drunk and I'd get drunk and then watch all the other girls hook up and not hook up and then have to take my lonely ass to the Bronx afterwards. She slowly ramped up to tell me. She first shared some random things that happened during other points in the night and then with a heavy sigh, she revealed to me that she was no longer a virgin. And I was shocked at first I wanted to screech and congratulate her for finally losing it, but I could tell that her tone wasn't matching that sentiment. So I instead asked her, are you upset? Do you regret it? And she then said, I didn't even know it was happening. I felt my... (laughs) My gut like hit the bottom of my core, however far I could go, and I, I knew immediately that this situation was something that should have not happened, and I was completely unprepared to support my friend at that moment because no matter how many times I've practiced it in my own head, how I would react, what I would say, do, or think if I should ever be raped, No number of practices in the past could prepare me to actually have to um, help my friend go through it. Um, And a friend who I never expected, a friend who is one of the strongest women I know and boldest and one of the first people who I would call if I had to get into a fight with anyone, male or female, um, because she is that tenacious. Um, But that moment changed her life forever. And it took her years, it took her so many years to be able to publicly say what happened. Um, And she posted it on Facebook and she hashtagged it me too. Um, And she went on to say that, you know, we talk a lot about the number of people who are victims and we make them sort of flesh out all their feelings again over and over and over again. But no one calls out the, the people, the, the predators. Uh, and so she said that she would hashtag, it's you. And I thought that that was so like smart and obvious yet, but so, just so true to how we are very quick to take on the burden of healing and changing on our own. But we don't think about how part of that includes making people acknowledge when they violate another person's life. Um, And so she put it up. She did not tag him, but I went on to write a comment where I decided to tag him because fuck that guy. And I felt that if she was in a moment where she was brave enough to come forward and 
she has everyone on Facebook. This means family, close friends, people who aren't so close now know something about her that they did not need to know. And they know it because it's an issue that is going around um, and, and, and going around and being unrecognized. And folks don't want to really have the conversation around rape culture and assault. Harvey Weinstein has been, you know, busting every headline the, this past week. And it's so interesting to see something that we secretly know from the outside of the industry to be true, really coming to full life and how people who are celebrities who you assume, you know, always can have more advantage than you in general, um, how healing from something like that isn't quite so easy. And so people who are these superstars are now, uh, for me, I'm looking at them from a more human perspective and it's so sad and disgusting what folks have to put up with in order to do something that they love back to my friend so he had sent her that message after the incident happened and um i don't know what you felt as you heard it but i know that in reading it again i am deeply deeply disturbed by his inner peace that he would not be facing jail time thus he felt okay that he felt that it wasn't all on him and I also think about the way people who I really loved and respected chose to handle the incident I think about how it became a piece of gossip that was floating around everybody wanted to know the story about how my friend and this guy had had sex and she was so righteous and we were certain she would wait till marriage and she's the type of person who would fuck somebody up in a heartbeat so there's no way there's just no way that in a moment like that she would have backed down if she didn't want it the unfortunate thing about the moment when you're being victimized is that you almost don't recognize yourself and you start to give like give in to this stiffening that happens in your body and you don't know what to do and it feels like drowning um it feels like you have only seconds before you make the right choice otherwise you're a goner i know for myself though i have not been raped um and i i have had moments that you know are just snapshots that stay with me. Um, I think about a moment when I was on a bus coming home from a, uh, a dinner with my sister and we were sitting at different sides of the bus because it was crowded and there was a man who his penis just kept swinging in front of my face and f- at first it didn't feel intentional and I was like, well, this is awkward. It's so crowded that his penis has to sort of be in my face and so I of course retracted my face and somehow uh it it just always made its way back and it like made its way to rub like the side of my head and things like that and I was like oh this does not feel right this is probably assault and then I thought oh goodness if my sister sees this dude like she's gonna fuck him up and I was so scared for my sister to have to fight this man on this bus um, and thinking about getting in trouble with our parents that I just stayed quiet. 
I stayed quiet and just kept trying to find my ways to get my face away from his dick. Um, Another time, I was on the train and I was sitting down and this man just straight up was rubbing his dick on my shoulder. Um, And I didn't really notice it at first, uh, but then I realized that what I was feeling up against my shoulder was his dick. And I I hadn't looked to the side. I thought maybe it was a bag or something like that. It wasn't exposed. It was through his pants, but it was hard and it was rubbing me. And I, again, felt uncomfortable and I just sort of moved my arm, but I didn't want to make a scene in that moment for whatever reason. I I didn't feel safe enough to stand up and make a scene because I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be the center of attention. And so that just happened. I think about the time that I was walking home from the train, the countless times I've walked home from the train and have had things said to me that I can't quite remember. I try not to hold on to them, but certainly the one when I was wearing a green dress and I was walking and this Jamaican man, um, kept saying you know oh girl girl are your panties green oh please tell me your panties are green and they match your green dress girl please if you tell me your panties are green then your outfit is complete oh I'll fuck you I'll fuck you so hard and I'll rip those panties down girl please tell me they're green um (laughs) I remember a moment when I uh, was standing somewhere in Queens on on a boulevard waiting and uh this man just uh with his like kept rolling around with his car and he kept trying to ask me to come into the car and he he was like trying to like I guess he thought I was a prostitute uh and so he tried to solicit me as as one um and he was being creepy and I kept like walking a little bit down towards the block and he kept like riding near me and I was like well fuck this is awkward and I was waiting for a cab and I finally came and then I saw that he had drove driven off but that was very awkward I remember the time that I was admittedly drunk coming home all the way from fucking Brooklyn and I fell asleep on the train and I missed my stop but I woke up in a stop north of mine a couple stops north of mine um and never really gotten off at that train station before and I walked down the stairs and it's really dark and there's just houses and this man just like I just feel a man grab me by both my shoulders and he just starts shaking me and he goes I know you want to suck my dick I know you want to suck my dick and I'm freaking out and I'm just like "Ah." and then he and then he starts yelling in my face are you black are you black I know you want to suck this dick are you black and then I'm like literally like terrified and very drunk and I'm like yes 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 I am black and then he was like and then he like sh- like sort of like pushes me off and then he goes fucking black bitch he was suck this and kept walking um and I was so afraid I was so afraid because I knew how drunk I was and 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 immediately I started to think this is your fault and in all of those scenarios, I sort of felt like it was my fault because it would make me think of when I was younger. And like, I remember seventh grade, I was in an after school program and we had like movie time on certain days. And every time there was movie time, there was the eighth grader um, who would sit near me and he would start rubbing on my leg, just like he would just like rub on my leg. And I, 
I couldn't tell if I liked it or not. And I was at that age where, you know, I had never kissed a boy. I was not sexually active at all in any sort of way. But many girls around me were. And I I would let him just do it. And I couldn't tell if I was more afraid to tell him to stop because I wanted him to like me. Um, and I felt like if I rejected him, then that would give me continual bad luck and that no guys would ever want me. And I should have counted it a blessing that this guy you know, sort of helped himself to rubbing up and down my legs. Uh, and I didn't realize, I wasn't very aware of my body when I was that age. So I didn't realize that, you know, my legs were a little thicker than some other girls and stuff like that. So maybe, you know, his attraction to my body was like more sexual than I thought. Uh, but I would just let him. And I remember one time I was sitting not next to him, but I saw him rubbing up on another girl's leg. And I was just like, oh, well, he's just the leg rubber. Um, and at that moment, I realized it wasn't about me and him liking me. It was about just, I guess, the power of him knowing that, you know, these thirsty little seventh graders want me to rub them. They want me to touch them. Um, and how even in acknowledging that, I would let him moments after that. I, I always just let him. Um, I think about that boy who used to hug me all the time and none of the girls thought he was cute, myself included, um, but I was very generally nice. So he would hug me, but he would like try to touch my tits and like grab my butt. And again, sometimes I would just let him because I felt like I should just be grateful for being looked at at all. I remember my friend's house. He had a neighbor downstairs who lived downstairs from us and, uh, I one time we were watching Harold and Kumar and like he started rubbing on me and I was like like you know frozen I didn't know what to do with myself and again I was at that moment where I was like oh a boy is giving me attention I never get attention from boys I should be grateful even though something feels really off about this and so he was like rubbing on my arm and like you know all my friends were there and they were sort of like giddy like oh you know like here she goes, like, she's getting attention, and it was, like, a big deal, and I felt like I'd be letting them down if I didn't entertain it a bit, um, and so that happened, and then another night, or another daytime, actually, another time of the day, he um, had been sick, and we were hanging out outside, and I said, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see how he's doing, so I go down, and I you know, I sit with him, he's, uh, he's in his bed, and I sit with him, and we're chatting, and I'm sitting, you know, he encourages me to lay down, and I feel iffy about it, and I tell him no, but he keeps buttering me up, so I do, and so I'm laying there, um, and we're watching TV, and he starts sort of like kissing on my neck, and I'm talking about nothing awkwardly because I don't know what to do with myself at this moment. I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not sure if I want to do this. I'm not even quite sure that I like him that much. Um, and I knew what happened if I let this go on for too long. Um, and before I knew it, you know, I, he was hard and he like pushed my hand towards his dick and like he was trying to finger me and a lot was going on and I couldn't quite fathom it. I'd never been touched that way before. And so like I tried to stop him and then he kept insisting and I kept trying to stop him. And then he got really angry and he asked me to get the fuck out of his room. And I did. And all my friends were waiting outside and they were giggling and they thought that, you know, I had just, you know, fucked him or something had happened. And they, you know, all found it funny because big nerdy 
Julissa, like literally my nickname was Sasquatch in middle school, like had gotten attention from a guy. Um, and for years, and I think maybe possibly to this day, my friends thought that I, that's what I wanted. Like I wanted, because he said he, what he started to tell people is that I went down there because I wanted to have sex with him. And so that became the story is that I went down there to try to get some dick and pussied out in the middle of it. Stories like that, you know, were, were my experience and, it, it, it's interesting to feel like that is not is not comparable to, you know, other situations that can happen. And obviously, um, no one, like there's worst case scenarios for every situation that you can think of. But what matters is that people are being violated, regardless at what level. And it's a conversation that we can talk about numbers we can say, oh, the number of girls that get raped when this or when that. And and another thing, we keep, you know, rape conversations stay revolved around young women. Um, and the truth is, like, there's, we need to open up that conversation more. I think about a lot of uh, people in the LGBTQ community. And when I used to work with youth and the stories I would hear, and, you know, a lot of our young men are being violated, violated by older men. Um, so when we talk about the conversation, we talk gear just towards women, like we are doing a disservice for to a large number of people who are experiencing it, who don't identify as female. Um, we we talk about it with a bunch of statistics and a lot of language that we learn in books. But the issue is that this is not a numbers game. This is this is about culture. This is about behavior. This is about permission that has been passed on from generation to generation to take ownership of things that are not ours. Um, back to my friend. So her incident that evening was gossip. And I stood by and watched many boys who, in my head, I thought would grow up to be really great men. I, I saw a bunch of boys make excuses for their boy and how it happened and they were very good at pointing out what my friend could have done better um but no one seemed to want to pin any sort of words no one wanted to call it the r word no one wanted to make a big deal about it people wanted to you know use her past behaviors to say well she maybe she is being dramatic maybe she is overreacting um, people betrayed her trust when she shared what happened with them and told them that they told her that they would never talk about it but were the first ones to sort of share the information on a large scale it was a mess and for years she had to cope with her feelings about it and it was hard for her to date it was hard for her to hook up with people it was hard for her to get out of bed. It was hard for her to be a friend to folks. And it was hard for her friends to be friends to her because we didn't know what to say anymore. Um, any moment in which it was brought up, even years after, it was a difficult conversation and I never knew what to say. So when she finally did p put up the status with the message that he sent, and I took the liberty to respond to him and remind him of that one time we were at a Halloween party and he uh, was getting really close to me. Like he just kept being in my face and real close. And my boyfriend at the time didn't like that shit. Um, and he wanted to like hit him. And I was like, dude, like we're not going to do that. We're in my friend's house. Like that's not okay. Like whatever. He's my other friend's cousin. Like no big deal. Just a drunk white guy. 
um, you know, I think about that night and I think, wow, if I would have let my boyfriend punch him in the face, maybe my friend wouldn't have gotten raped a couple months later. Because maybe at that moment, calling him out for what it is and, you know, where I'm from, that's how shit gets handled sometimes. Like sometimes people just need to get jumped or decked or, you know, not that I condone violence, but I know sometimes shit doesn't happen again. And I knew for sure that the worst that his ass would come back with was some sort of lawsuit, which was not something that we had the time or resources for. So I figured we don't punch him. But I wish we had. I wrote on the status and I reminded him that he was that man. It was him who did that to me at that party. And I'm so happy that my friend reminded him that it was him who raped her because I'm sure that on his timeline, he has many, many women and men probably too who are coming forward with their stories. And I wonder what he thinks in those moments when he likes those statuses and he says, I support you. Or when he posts articles and reshares things that revolve around the issue. I wonder if he realizes that he is not removed from that, that he is part of that circle, that he in his time has never tried to do anything to quite mend that relationship and not even mend because who is he to, to, to say that she wants him back in her life, but He's never done anything. He, he just sort of went on about his life. And I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens next for her. I don't know what happens next for other women who have come forward with their stories. I don't know what happens next after we maybe bring Harvey down or don't. I'm tired of having to be on the side of figuring things out when really there's nothing to figure out. People are just not holding each other accountable. People are just not willing to talk about rape culture and sexual assault and for what it is. People are the reason why we haven't come to some understanding of how we're going to deal with these things. And so I just need people to get it together. I don't want to have to think about it every day. I know that it, there's gonna be a long time before I can walk down the street and not think about whether or not I'm going to get raped today, which by the way is a a thought that I have multiple times throughout the week. And it sounds dramatic, but it's true. If I think I look cute on a given day, I also think in that same breath and I hope I don't draw too much negative attention to myself for looking like this. Um, Until I know that it'll be a long time before I can stop thinking that way, but until we are really willing to be honest about the roots of the reasons why we act the way we act around this, um, we're not gonna get anywhere. We all come from different contexts. The way we have these conversations are not the same. There has to be a moment in which we can say, I am from a, a Latinx background where machismo is very strong. And so the idea that what the man says goes is very ingrained into me unconsciously. And so I have to fight back in moments and in moments where men who I love and respect act in a way that is inappropriate and is assault that I have a voice where I can come forward and say, this is inappropriate, you are wrong. If you love and respect me, you cannot behave this way. If you love and respect yourself as a decent person, you cannot act this way. Um, And it takes a lot of bravery to be that person. But 
we have to be willing to be these people uh, or we have to just be willing to stomach the fact that we are just going to let more years go by before we actually handle assault in a way that it needs to be handled. We need to call ourselves out. Last week's episode, you know, we joked a little bit about how, oh, are we, you know, we don't ask men consent. We just start touching them. We assume that they want sex. That's not okay. The way we sexualize our black men, not okay. And our black women, not okay. Latino, Latina, not okay. I mean, you see a Sofia Vergada, and like that's the standard, right? In in Latinx culture, like a lot of people are like, that's the standard. And people sexualize the shit out of that woman. She has more than just her amazing body. Um, we need to stop thinking that way. We need to really start calling ourselves out in conversations the same way we have to call ourselves out when we're not using people's preferred pronouns. Like, yeah, so fucking what you associate what you see with man or woman, but if that's not who they are, then just fucking call them who they are. They're telling you it's not rocket science. None of it is rocket science. But it is very painful to me to have to see so many Me Too's through my timeline. And, you know, I really hope that even though it's you is not a hashtag that's going around, I hope that folks know that it's them. And I hope that there's a chilling feeling that they get when, when they know that they're exposed. And I just wish I could. I wish I could expose each and every one, each and every predator who has assaulted someone. I wish that we could have them up on a wall that we can refer to. And when we see them, we know who they are and they can't forget what they did because they scar people. And I hope that my friend feels a little better, but she's certainly scarred too. And I know I haven't had the worst of it, but I'm certainly scarred. So when are we just gonna be honest with ourselves so we can fucking heal? Thanks for tuning in to my rant. I appreciate you, um, and we'll be back next week with Skittles and mimosas and more fun. Until then, bronche. <laughs>